Welcome to episode 44 of the Scottish Liberty Podcast. This episode of the Scottish Liberty Podcast was recorded back in January when Obama was leaving office. Unfortunately, Anthony was the only person who had a copy of it, and he was in India. That's why it's being uploaded now. It is the 19th of January 2017, and tomorrow, Obama is about to vacate the White House to make room for Donald Trump. Goodbye, Obama. So, yeah, we were told... Obama drama. Obama drama. Um, Obama came into the White House with a message of hope and change from yeah. the Bush doctrine, which the world suffered under for eight years. Yeah. But we're going to have a wee look through Obama's record and decide whether he really presented much of a change to the Bush doctrine or, in fact, if he was just a simple continuation of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, he talked in the run-up to his uh, to his election. He talked... I mean, change was pretty much the key word mm-hmm. of his campaign. Um, mm-hmm. He didn't really go into a lot of details about what that change would entail. He mm-hmm. just kept hammering the word, the word change. You know, we're going to have change. It's not going to be change. Everyone's going to change. People want change, and we're going to give you change. But... I think the reality uh, is much... Is, you know, he, he basically done what a lot of politicians done. He promised mountains and, in my opinion, delivered molehills. Well, I mean, he did... Uh, in 2009, Obama went to Prague and stood before an audience and said that the United States would help rid the world of nuclear weapons. Yeah. Did he manage to do that? In fact, under Obama, more money was spent on nuclear weapons than any other previous president, post-Cold War president. A trillion dollars was added... <laughs> easy for me to say. Yeah. A trillion dollars was allocated to build more nuclear weapons, delivery systems and factories than any other previous president. Okay. But was that something that he was committed to doing uh, before he became president? I mean, I don't, I, I don't know much about that one, to be honest. Well, we can look at the kinds of no. things that he pledged okay. before. Obviously, civil liberties are particularly important to us as libertarians. Yeah. In 2007, he pledged no more illegal wiretapping of American citizens, no more national security letters to spy on citizens who are not suspected of a crime, mm. no more ignoring the law when it is inconvenient. Yeah. But his authorization allowed the use of wiretaps that follow a target even when they change phone and uh, the so-called lone wolf provision which allows surveillance of individuals with no known ties to a terrorist organisation. Right. Now, you may think those... Uh, measures are necessary but the point still stands this was an election campaign he stood on and went to do the work uh, the reverse of yeah um, he wanted to he, he claimed to be against things like the Patriot Act mm-hmm. and went on to reauthorize um, aspects of it left right and center and an increase of powers uh, indefinite detention yeah. of immigrants I mean you'd You'd basically confess to anything if you were um, detained indefinitely. Yeah. I mean, uh, didn't, didn't he actually say he was going to close down Gitmo? He did. He made an election promise to close down Guantanamo Bay, and of course he didn't. Now, his defenders will come around and say, well, it's not his fault, it's Congress, it's Senate. Actually, there is nothing stopping Obama from unilaterally 
closing down Guantanamo Bay and there never has been yeah, he could have done it by executive order he, and what's more if he really believed in it yeah. if he wanted to close it down and he really believed in it he could get up on television and say I really want to fulfill my campaign promise of closing down Guantanamo Bay but the Congress won't let me or the Senate won't let me yeah. so what I need you to do is get out and phone up your official tonight and uh, tell them to support Obama's plan to close Guantanamo Bay yeah. and the phones would ring off the hook so I'm sick and tired of people making excuses from Obama which they would not make for Bush yeah you know Obama won the Nobel Peace Prize he did. He won the Nobel Peace Prize for... Uh, well, look, I mean, we know that the Nobel Peace Prize is all the bollocks anyway. I mean, Yasser Arafat won the, the Nobel Peace Prize. But, be that as it may, he won the Nobel Peace Prize for increasing the amount of troops in Afghanistan. <laughs> well, that's not why he won why it. But, but, but he, he, he got the Nobel Peace Prize directly after, after. he'd sent, uh, was it 60,000 extra troops into Afghanistan? And he also bombed Yemen uh, less than 24 hours after his re-election. Uh, I mean, I guess, I guess that could have been something that went on without his knowledge, but I don't think so. Yeah, I think that's a pretty, uh, you know, I think if, if somebody had done that without, without him knowing about it, there'd have been hell on. But For yeah, it, it, it seems very strange that he would get the Nobel Peace Prize in those circumstances. For a Nobel Peace Prize winner, his anti-war record is highly dubious. Okay. The uh, Obama administration bombed more than eight Muslim countries, which is more than President Bush did. And even when he said he was against the Iraq war, uh, which, by the way, he consistently voted to continue funding, he didn't say that he opposed it on the grounds that it was immoral or that it led to countless civilian casualties, or even, as Ron Paul did, that it's illegal to go to war without a declaration of war from Congress. Yeah. He didn't say it on any ethical grounds. He said that it was a tactical blunder, right? Right. <laughs> right. But as we know, you know, the anti-war movement disappears in America under the Democrats. So there wasn't very much pushback against Obama from the left, Bush, Bush and Blair might have taken us into Iraq and Afghanistan, but they weren't given a free pass the way Obama has been. And I think, you know, that pushback was the only thing that really stopped them from extending the war on terror. Yeah. Uh, at, the, at the time, there was a lot of talk about Iran. There was a lot of talk about other, other countries, but the pushback stopped the neocons from making a third invasion. As you mentioned, Obama actually set, sent more troops to, into Afghanistan after promising to end the war there. Yeah. He promised to end the war and he pulled troops out of Iraq, but he was handing their duties over to private defence companies. So it's actually a sleight of hand. It's still at the expense of taxpayer. The, 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 the war is still being fought just by um, private military, private military contractors. contractors. Yeah. So... Um, Obama voted to fund the wars over and over again under Bush so despite saying he was anti-war he was, he was very happy to vote for them um, yeah. it's yeah it's back to okay but let's, let's, this is not we're trying we're going to try and not, not make it a character assassination of, of, uh, of Obama yeah um, I mean 
I'm I not mean, even. I mean, even right, even in the run up to his election, you know, I kind of bought into a lot of the rhetoric. Okay, look, I don't agree with this guy, but he might get some things mm. done. I mean, he was undoubtedly, or seemingly, seemed to live up to the rhetoric of being mm. of being quite intelligent, mm. thoughtful, uh, very good uh, um, communicator and mm. connector with people. Uh, I mean, even just recently, he made sure. a, he made a speech uh, to to people who'd, who'd lost uh, relatives due to a, a mass shooting, and it was I was moved by it. You know, he, he's he's very good on on that kind of thing, and I, I believe the guy to have been sincere. But the fact of the matter is, the rhetoric just did not match up to what he achieved. And you know, whenever you speak to somebody who's a who's pro Obama or a Democrat, they always say, "Well, you know, that's because he was always opposed." Um, by the you know the mm. house is opposed by the, the, the Congress and then he was opposed by Republicans, but I don't think that necessarily stands up to the to the light of scrutiny, uh, as you've already you know pointed out there. So uh, there's 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 so much that you can level against them, and as you say, uh, you know when you talk to people who were very anti George Bush and they would say, look, George Bush uh, you know done this, he was a warmonger you know, bloody bloody blah, and he, he he was he's against civil liberties and he's 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 dictatorial and he write he writes so many executive orders. And he's you think, well okay, yeah, I'm on your side there and then when Barack Obama turns around and do it, suddenly they're not against all these things because Barack Obama must be doing them for good reasons. So in other words, they're yes. not really against all these things they were moaning about under George Bush, they were just moaning about the fact that it was George yes, Bush that was I doing really them. I really believed that that was a movement because I was I was very anti-Bush as I still am. Yeah. Uh, but I believed it was a movement. You know, it was an anti-war movement, and I was think I was still on the left for most of Bush. I was probably becoming a I was becoming a libertarian, um, as he was leaving the White House. But I thought. You know, these things that I still have in common with the left, you know, civil liberties and anti-war, I thought it was an anti-war movement, mm. but it, it seems like it wasn't. It seems like it was an anti-right movement. Um, and but where, know, do, where do we get where the do idea? these powers yeah. lead? I just want to take sure. your point, yeah. which is that um, he was obviously doing it for a good reason. Well, they better be kicking themselves now because guess who's got the reins of power? Someone they hate, mm. Donald Trump. So Obama, who once claimed Americans fought a revolution in part to be right to, to, to be free from unreasonable searches, to ensure that our government could not come knocking in the middle of the night for no reason. We need to yeah. find a way forward to make sure we can stop terrorists while protecting the privacy and liberty of innocent Americans. Well, he didn't deliver on that campaign promise. The government has more rights than ever to invade the privacy of Americans, and those rights are going to the hands of Donald Trump. Yeah, and it's, I, mean, I just wanted to ask as well, but where do we get the idea, or where do the left get the idea, or liberals get the idea that somehow liberal presidents, you know, democratic presidents, are anti-war, mm. or you know, or are not hawks? Mm. I mean, Jesus, I mean, Clinton? You know, he, you know, the, the the whole war in Kosovo was a scandal, an absolute scandal, and his bombing uh, of uh, of the factory in, in, in Somalia in, in, in the Sudan. You know, it was completely unnecessary. He did, it seems a fact that he did it to just um, to to draw attention away from the scandal that was going on over the Mona Lewinsky thing. So it's the and John F. Kennedy. You know, the darling of uh, of the Democrats and, and the liberal left. 
you know, you increased uh, troop activity in, in Vietnam and so forth, and you could actually argue that uh, Vietnam was a liberal war. So the idea that somehow the left have this monopoly on peace and the Republicans are just hawks doesn't measure up to scrutiny no. at all. And neither does the you know the the right wing rhetoric that the Republican Party are for smaller government. In fact, hmm. um, government spending all goes up more under the Republicans. And it just goes to show that if you want to increase the size of government, you put a Republican in because they because if a Democrat does it, all the Republicans go, look, we knew he was going to increase the yeah. size of government. And if you want to fight a war, you put a Democrat in because if the Republicans do it, they they'll do the the Democrats will come out in the rove and rove the streets. Yeah, which just goes to show the need to break out of this left wing right wing paradigm and for everyone to become a yeah, libertarian. So. Become libertarians if you're not already. Here's, you know, the idea, obviously, in a democracy, a liberal principle, you know, government should should only be or- authorised to scrutinise individuals with good reason. But citizens should be able to scrutinise the government even without good reason. Barack Obama in 2008 promised to preside over the most transparent administration in US history. Yeah. No more secrecy, he said. That is a commitment that I make to you. Okay, how did that end up? <laughs> I don't think he honoured his commitment. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, he he has um, actually made government less transparent. Um, he, um, he claimed that Bradley Manning's treatment, which... Uh, the U- chief UN torture reporter called Crumin- Cruel and Human was justified, even although it included eight months of torture. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, this is Obama. Yeah. And we've got uh, an episode you can look up, um, Private Manning Goes to Washington, uh, which if you're interested in hearing more about that kind of thing, you'd like. Um, the NSA spying under Obama was exposed and then... Obviously, all these Edward, Edward Snowden disclosures began to come out, and um, Obama could have made his legacy being the president that excused Edward Snowden because he said that he, before he got elected, that um, you know things about whistleblowers being important, and that. Um, yeah. They shouldn't be cracked down on them. They are, because if you've got inside information, the government is not allowed to break the law. And if you're in government and the government is breaking the law, it's if you believe that government is all for and by the people, then you've got a duty be, be, um, to, to expose the government because the government is meant to be the referee. The government's meant to be the most just, the most law-abiding. Yeah at least in theory. So, the Washington Post reported that the NSA was tapping into central services of nine leading US internet firms, extracting audio and video chats, photographs, emails, documents, and connection logs. Obama claimed a healthy scepticism about the surveillance programs he inherited as president, but ultimately concluded that they helped prevent terrorist attacks. Echoing the sentiments of the Bush administration, he stated, it's important to recognise that you can't have 100% security and also have 100% privacy and zero inconvenience. Yeah. Mm. 
how did he do on uh, on the drugs thing? Because I remember um, when he was before he became president, he was doing the chat show circuits as a uh, a lot of um, presidents do these days, or sorry, future presidents do. And he, I can't remember whether it was a uh, Jimmy Kimmel, even on the right. Jimmy Kimmel or something like that. And you know they asked him because. Uh, you know, Bill Clinton had said that he'd smoked a joint, but he didn't inhale, mm. right? Uh, apparently. Mm. So I don't know what the point of smoking a joint and not inhaling would be, but apparently he did that and that was okay. Uh, Obama, on the other hand, kind of came across on Jimmy Kimmel's show that he uh, that he'd taken that he'd experimented or he did. You know, he went, oh, I had a normal college, you know, uh, existence in those days. And he came across as if he'd actually, you know, done some pot or some weed. And everybody, all the stone slackers in the audience were going, like, Woo, yeah, all right, we've got a cool president. He's got, he's done drugs, he's not ashamed to say it. Well, actually, no, because he, as the president of the United States, then becomes head of the DEA. Mm. And he was now prepared to arrest and put, criminalise people and put them in jail for doing that which he hinted that he did on that show. And if Barack Obama had been busted for smoking weed mm. in his youth, he wouldn't have been president of the USA. In fact, he wouldn't have even got into politics, yeah, I surmise. Yeah. You know, so it's somewhat hypocritical of him to then take charge of the DEA and criminalise probably a vast majority of black people uh, and incarcerate them uh, for doing something that he's kind of boasting about on right. a chat show. So yeah. I think that's hypocritical. Yes. And I think it, also the costs of the, the, the war on yeah. drugs are phenomenal as well. And I think he increased uh, I think he increased the cost of that. Not the cost, sorry, he increased uh, the funding of that mm. as well. Well, um, in May 2008, a campaign spokesperson for candidate Obama, big okay. difference between candidate Obama and President Obama, oh, yeah. we have noticed, yeah. told the San Francisco Chronicle that he'd end DEA raids on medical marijuana suppliers in states with their own laws. Wow. These sentiments were echoed in 2009 by his Attorney General, Eric Holder, who said that the DEA would only raid medical marijuana suppliers which violated both state and federal laws. Okay. However... By April 2012, the Obama administration exceeded the number of raids the Bush administration carried out on medical marijuana. Okay, so, I mean, not to speak of anything regarding the drug war, that's just for medical marijuana. Why? Why are we locking up people for smoking joints in the first place when the approach taken in countries like Portugal has already seemed to reduce the number of, of drug takers? and um, save yeah. a lot of money on law enforcement. I mean, it's the best thing that we have to do with limited resources, lock people up away for victimless crimes at very little expense. And with Obama's acumen in the public mind, you know, yeah. with the support of his supporters, I very easily think he could have at least um, got the legalization of marijuana accomplished in his eight years um, if not harder yeah. drugs, probably not harder drugs, but that would be a great place to start. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, some, I think several states, a couple of states, 
I think Colorado mm. have uh, unilaterally you know went ahead and decriminalised mm. it, but I mean, that's, that's that's got nothing to do with with, with the federal mm. government, certainly nothing to do with Obama. Um, why are they criminalised these people? Well, I think it's probably got to do with an, a military, not a military industrial complex, but a drug enforcement mm. industrial complex or a legal industrial complex. There are so many state paid for jobs that, you know, you've, if you think about it, you've got police, you've got drug enforcement agents, you've got FBI, NSA, you've got lawyers, judges, prison guards, uh, there's a whole industry actually depending on incarcerating people uh, for doing something that harms yeah, and then you've got, no one um, else. Yeah. You've got these private prisons, which aren't, of course, private. And, you know, some people come libertarians, oh, you must be for private prisons. But the private prisons are just state-sponsored slave labour. You know, yeah. we had a show where we spoke to someone who's in prison in Fred Sly, who talked about how in, in California, where they have these forest fires, they basically get cons to put them out at almost no cost. So, so they, these private prisons actually have an incentive to keep people incarcerated so that they can get um, they can get cheap labor. Yeah. Um. So. Let's see, what else can we talk about? Well, I mean, Obama signed around 250 executive orders. Bush signed about 298. So, you know, when he said something like he was not going to play some old Washington game better but change the way the game is played, you know, he's not really changed the way that the game is played. It doesn't look like he's made any effort. He had executive orders in his power. He wasn't afraid to use them. Yeah, clearly. Clearly. And yet he didn't use them to deliver on his campaign promises. If you look at Washington, it's still, you know, run by lobbyists. Well, I mean, someone's going to come along and say, well, Trump won and, and he didn't have big corporate funding. But, you know, um, it remains to be seen where, whether he's going to clean up house. I'm very sceptical about that. Yeah, know. I don't think he's going um, to drain the swamp. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I think that the problem is, you know, we hear these protests. Whenever you bring brought up Obama on anything, oh, he's just a human being. You can't expect him to be perfect. Of course he is. And we're not expecting him to be perfect. But if the average president had done some of the things that Obama's done, you know, they would have been decried left, right and centre. If a Republican had done them, they would have been decried. Donald Trump hasn't actually done anything yet. Mm. He's not even president. And the protesters are holding up plaques saying that he's a fascist, he's planning to be a dictator, he's, uh, he's, he's the devil incarnate. Yet those same protesters think that Fidel Castro right. was some sort of good guy. So that's what you. That's, that's this is what you're dealing with. You know, yeah. uh, it's basically anybody on the left. You know, any mistakes they make are genuine mistakes. Mm. And they're only human. Uh, any mistakes that uh, that you know Republican presidents make, then that's clearly because the Republicans and they're evil and they're lizards right. from outer space. Right, and and half of them are, and I agree with that. Yeah. At least half of them. Uh, but that doesn't make Obama white. At the end of the day, he's the commander-in-chief, right? Yeah. No one forced him to drone bomb Pakistan or break any of his campaign promises or even make them, right? Yeah. 
So, so, um, I mean, you can look at things like so far, you know, I think back in 2008, you know, you had an excuse for taking a risk on Obama. It's kind of the same way where, you know, he says he's going to change something. If you had a toss up between him and the warmonger McCain, you kind of had to vote for him. But that doesn't make what he did after that right. I think he was the lesser of two evils. But, um, Which is still evil. <laughs> but it's still evil. You know, if you look at him on something like the the big topic, the hot topic just now, you know, inequality. Everyone talks about inequality. He, in his first State of Union address, decried income inequality. But the gap between the rich and poor has widened more under Obama than any other previous president in history. Well, that... that, that may well be true um but i mean how did that see so here the, the pro, part of the problem here is though people think that i mean i've heard recently that obama said you know you know when he was asked if he'd any regrets he said, oh we could have done a little bit more to uh, to bring unemployment down mm. you know we could have done more to uh, you know to, to to get you know the deficit down and people talk as if and he was clearly talking as if somehow there's a big dial mm. in the, the oval office and you can either you can adjust it down yeah. or up and yeah. make things happen. You can't do that, you know. No. And so a lot of these promises are made were probably quite foolish, in the sense that you you can't. It's it's just difficult to control an economy, and it's difficult to just get some of these things done. But I mean, we're talking here about stuff that he didn't uh, get done. Mm. Um, let's look at maybe something that he did get done. The shining, shall we say, jewel in the crown right, yes. of his uh, of his campaign, and healthcare reform. Healthcare reform. You know, he was absolutely determined to push through healthcare reform. You know, the Obamacare or the Affordable Care Act, and this he duly done. You know, and uh, you know, if anything, you know, his supporters will say, "Look, you can say what you like about Obama, but he, do you know what?" He darn well got affordable health care into the hand of your average American. Right. You know, that's 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 what they'll say, and ostensibly, that's what he set out to do. However, it looks like everything the Republican said about uh, the Affordable Care Act is actually becoming manifest. Is it? Yeah, it's it, well. It depends who you listen to. If you listen, if you listen to the the, the liberal uh, leading media. In the US, they'll tell you that it's you know it's got its problems, but it's largely a success. And do you know what? It's well-meaning and it's a good thing. Mm. Um, but all the objective evidence seems to be um, that it's a failure, and it's a failure, and it was going to be a failure from the start. Now, the, I'm no doubt Democrats will tell you, well, it's a failure because you know. The Republicans weren't enthusiastic about it. You know, people weren't enthusiastic about it, and the people were negative about it, and that's why it's a failure. Uh, and they point to the amount of people who've signed up for it. Right. So look at the amount of people that have signed up for it. But the fact of the matter is, the amount of people who signed up doesn't match the amount of people who followed through and started to make payments on it. Right. Uh, so a lot of people aren't paying for it, even though they signed up. People have signed up, but they aren't paying for it. Uh, a lot of people are gaming it. Right. I.e. what they're doing is going, hang on a minute, you know, I'm a young dude, you right. know, the chances of me getting seriously ill are pretty yeah. slim, why am I going to pay this amount of money? Uh, I'll just wait to a mill yeah. and then I'll sign up for this and, thing and, and get my health care. For, for a young person, it might actually be cheaper to just pay the damn fine for not 
if you're not paying, then yeah, well, exactly. And I think part of the problem here is that you know when it's a free market system, um, a, a, a private healthcare company will make an, an assessment on your healthcare and you'll pay accordingly. Under this, everybody's going to make the same right. uh, payment, and everybody's entitled to it, regardless. So, so basically. A vegan who cycles to work, doesn't smoke or drink or take recreational it. drugs is going to have to pay the same pay as someone who has bacon and eggs for breakfast every morning, uh, lunches at McDonald's. Yep. And the vegan is actually going to have to pay for the health care of someone who doesn't look after their health. Yep. And as a you know mental health professional myself, I'm concerned that um, people don't see these behaviors as a problem or or seek the right help for them mm -hmm. because everyone's entitled to something for nothing and it's like i think the actual field of you know compulsive yeah. behavior and addiction is linked to stress it's linked to childhood uh, traumas like the aces scores yeah. and things like that and and people who have compulsive habits do deserve our um Compassion, let's say yeah. they might not. We might not want to pity them or be sympathetic or uh, or not have consequences for that kind of behaviour. But you know, not everyone is as addictive as everyone else is. So, as a society, our ability to actually help people with those problems has been hindered by things like the lack of consequences for those behaviours. Yeah. If people had consequences for the, those behaviours, they'd be more likely to consult a mental professional, health professional. There'd be more mental health professionals adept at dealing with those problems. And as a society, we could solve these kinds of um, uh, addictive problems that we, that we are seeing today. Yeah. But I mean, it's... Even from, from a libertarian point of view, to force someone to get healthcare and to force them to do it through what will only become a monopoly, really, yes. uh, is not a good idea. I mean, if you must uh, force people to have health insurance, mm -hmm. give them vouchers and let them choose their own yes. healthcare company. Yes. Yeah. So that the healthcare companies will have to compete and the price yeah. will go down and the quality of service will go up. So... Even if you're for Obamacare out there, that is now an institution that's going to end up in the hands of Donald Trump. And like my main thrust, it sounds like I was really out to get Obama, but do you know what? I have no ill feelings or animosity towards Obama at all. My reason... Well, I'd love to punch him in the face, personally. So, but... well, my, my personal... Was that a violation of the non-aggression principle? Well, I don't know. It looks as if he's pretty much initiated force. Uh, okay. Maybe not against me personally, but in a so lot it's of... Third -party <laughs> it's third-party self-defence. It's a third-party self-defence uh, defence that I'm putting up on that one. Okay, I said right. punch him in the face. Not very hard. Just a kind of humiliating dig. <laughs> Broadly speaking, my motivation in making this podcast is... I these are the powers of the presidency and as the presidency gains power they can end up in the hands of someone you don't like and it's just don't worship 
presidents. Don't stop looking for the good one, right? John F. Kennedy, Kennedy was not a good president just because he got assassinated. Abraham Lincoln was not yeah, a was great guy. <laughs> was not a great guy just because he helped abolish slavery, right? Even Thomas Jefferson, you know, the Louisiana purchases and his, you know, two or three hundred slaves which he owned. Stop looking for a good one, right? Yeah. There isn't one. You have to be a certain kind of person to be in power. And either you're standing behind the machine of state power, helping it grow, in which case it's going to eventually end up in the hands of someone you don't like, or you're you're um, joining us on the third wing, trying to stop the size of government and the power of government from spreading. Yeah, I mean, I think initially the idea of the presidency in America was that he was a first among equals right. and you know he wasn't he didn't really have any more power than anybody else mm. uh, even the, the term you know Mr. President mm. back then it was equivalent to saying hey mate you right. know hey dude you know and it's yeah. like it wasn't you know it wasn't and <laughs> but since that time it steadily became you know more and more power has been centralised on the presidency there's been more executive orders I mean it's not a new thing Teddy Roosevelt wrote a shitload yeah. of executive orders. You know, and there's a Republican president who actually, you know, used an executive order to nationalise coal mines for crying yeah. out loud. So uh, it was already happening back then. Um, and so much is done by executive order. And these executive orders really have to be scrutinised and say, look, we, we, we can't have that. We can't allow... And we say, well, then what's the point of, of having a president then if he can't actually get anything done? Well, why should he have to do anything? Um, it seems to me that the presidency at the moment exists in reality for mainly for foreign policy. Right. And if that foreign policy entails going to war with people, then obviously you're going to have to let them write executive orders because you know Congress probably won't have it most of the time. Uh, in terms of domestic policy... It should, you know, if your economy is running properly, if you're not getting involved in it, if you're not trying to gerrymander it, then it should run itself. You know, so the president should really only be a figurehead. That that's that's all he's supposed to be. Pretty much in the same way that the queen is the figurehead mm. in the United Kingdom. You know, she doesn't actually make any decisions. She doesn't actually uh, make any decisions to go to war. Parliament does that, and I think the president of the United States should be the same thing. I think that's the way it was originally designed. So you're saying the president that governs best governs least? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's that's my view. He does it best when he does nothing at all. So I, if only Barack Obama had have done diddly squat, you know, as a lot of he people, he might have been. He might have been actually quite a good president. Um, but uh, but as we've outlined, um, his his track his record in presidency is not really that much better than George Bush's when it no. comes to foreign policy. But we're going to have a lot of fun this year looking at what the Trumpster gets <laughs> up to. And uh, this is a non-partisan podcast, so I'm sure if you're a Democrat, thank you for bearing with us and, and listening to our critical opinions. And keep on tuning in for the latest updates. Yeah, so don't be an Obama, don't be a Bush. Be a libertarian.